on today's episode of the Wanderings and Wool Gathering podcast, we learn Teabags rarely sees the light of day, we have a change of heart during the review, and Tom Morello is in the mix. Welcome everyone to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode seven. I can't believe we're already at number seven. Seems like just a month and uh, two thirds ago we were at number six. Anyway, um, I'm with Teabags. Hey, how's it going? And JPP as usual. Yo. How's it going, fellas? Good. Going great. Going great. How about yourself today, Foggy? Uh, not too bad. Fighting a cold, so it may come across here, but uh, I will do my best not to cough constantly. Yeah, you know, not to bore the, the listeners, but wherever you're at, let us know how the weather is in your area. It seemed like it went to a grinding halt from 90 degrees down to 45 overnight. It's like, uh, I saw a meme yeah. that said, basically, it's like the weather saw a state trooper on the highway. <laughs> that's great i was lucky enough on uh friday it was uh our senior night football game i had to supervise so fortunately it was 40 degrees and rained the entire night so i was outside from six to ten nice. oh, rain, so i'm sure that that helped my yeah, most situation. certainly well, we had the uh we had the fun time of trying the furnace out for the first time this year only just find out it didn't work oh Dun, dun, so, dun, dun. Yeah, that the last uh, <laughs> <laughs> last couple of days have been blankets and sweatshirts. Oh man, it's all good. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if this is a, a weather podcast or music. We are wool gathering time. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Sometimes that will happen. All right. Well, we will get it uh, underway then with Paul's challenge from last week. If Paul, if you want to. Just remind us what that was all about. Yeah, so uh, what I requested for you guys to do was uh, kind of go back in time and try to remember uh, waiting on an album to come out um, and you know being anxious to, to listen to it only to be disappointed once uh, you received it. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely struggled because I had to travel through memory lane and, and try to uh, figure it out. So I'm you know, kind of eager to hear what uh, what you guys have to say on, on this particular uh, run. It was a no-brainer for me. I didn't even have to think about it, honestly. Cool. Would, do you want to start us off? Sure. It won't even take that long. <laughs> um, awesome. <laughs> well, you know, back in the 80s, I was a huge U2 fan. Um, I think when they came onto the scene, I and uh, actually I think when they came onto the scene, it was with the war... I think was the album, at least that I remember. And then I went back and, and found Boy in October. Um, and then, then there was the concert footage from Red Rocks, which was just amazing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I found this love for you too. And then Unforgettable Fire came out and Joshua Tree and Rattle and Hum. And, and to me, that was some of the best stuff that had come out in the 80s. And I went to the Joshua Tree concert, which was absolutely amazing. So no doubt, I mean, U2 was one of my favorite bands at the time. And um, I remember, you know, getting pretty excited for Octung Baby, and um, that was it. I mean, <laughs> that was such a departure from what I had come to expect and what I loved from U2. Um, and I don't want to go against what I said in the first episode about bands evolving and following that band through their evolution, because I'm, I'm always open to that. But it just, for me, was not a direction that I really wanted to go with the group, Um and then I think from there, all the records afterwards just got even further away uh, from what I loved about U2. I just remember distinctly that one being the one that was such a departure for me that that was just the downfall um, of my love of U2. And I don't, I've never 
gotten back even anywhere close uh, to liking them the way that I did back in the 80s with all that other music. So that was most definitely a no-brainer for me. I remember that distinctly. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that that actually kind of passed through my um, you know, potential roster as well. But uh, I, I didn't have the... Uh, I guess the experience with the discography to the extent that you did. So, um, you know, I wanted to kind of go with something that I had, you know, definitely heard some things in the past. And I tried to find a debut album that, you know, had some hype and momentum and, and disappointed me, but I couldn't think of anything there. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry, Tony, do you, do you have one in, in your roster? Oh, yeah, I do, of course. Uh I had three, but it's not my challenge. I can't cheat. You know what? I'm going to let you if you want to pick a couple from there because I I actually have uh, another example outside of my main pick. So I got the JPP. I can rewrite the rules too. I can pull the tea bags if I want to. (laughs) Never ever say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Stick around, folks. The show's just starting. That's right. Um, No, but actually, and I think what this goes back to too is also that you know we waited for music we literally waited for music and it might be the the one album that we can buy that month or whatever so right different times you know i mean i even when i anticipate an album now it's like i f- i can fill it with 90 other albums so um going back to that i had i had to, like you i had to go back and say like okay so what back in the 80s 90s really were we anticipating pre napster so um for me it was um after pearl jam had gone through there's had knocked it out of the park and not had a sophomore slump in my opinion and then came out with Vitology after that and it was still good and then no code came and that for me was probably the same thing like Steve's saying with you too the departure it was it was obviously like a shift in the band's direction and it's not to say they shouldn't do that but um that's kind of where I started to part ways with them a little bit as much as I love them and as much as the concert was great I just stopped looking forward to their albums and I always give them a listen and there's probably two on each one I like, but that's different than like sitting there absorbing the entire album the whole time for the first three albums, you know? Mm-hmm. So Pearl Jam for me was, was my answer that I was going to go with for sure. Um, the other two are very quick answers anyway, but um, one was just kind of like a, when Bob Mould was doing like a Poison Years and, and things like that at the time, and then he shifted over to Sugar. It wasn't the same band, but I expected it to be something that was like what Bob Mould was doing. And so it was a disappointment in a different way. It was like, oh, well, they're taking, he's taking a different direction with a different band. And um, so that was, I was really highly anticipating Sugar when it came out because there was a good track off that first album. But um, And then in reverse, instead of anticipating, you know, I found Pink Floyd and then went back and started listening to older and older stuff as I got more into them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pink Floyd for me is kind of bookended by, uh, that sounds horrible, but they're bookended by disappointment in the way of like when they weren't a certain phase of the band, the pre stuff is kind of unlistenable and the post stuff is mediocre compared to that sweet spot of those really, really good classic albums. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, those are my three answers to the challenge, but they, that was fairly quick. Yeah, no, and, and you know, that's, I can totally relate. When I and what's funny is your answer kind of ties into mine in a second too. When I worked uh, the the record stores uh, right out of high school, um, Vitology was probably one of the more frequent uh, Pearl Jam albums that came back in as a used copy 
to resell. Um, and while, I mean, it was a great record, but I think fans at that point were starting to kind of see that shift start. And it uh-huh. makes me wonder if, uh, you know, they were just kind of starting that momentum and, and fans just weren't ready for it at that time. But thankfully, uh, Pearl Jam's still touring and going strong. And, and you guys saw them at Wrigley Field and they packed the house to this day. Yeah. And it was a great show. I mean, I, I still love them. It's just in a different way. Tony, I, I feel the, the same way about Pearl Jam. I still, there's this weird little thing, though, where I always get a little bit excited, just thinking, hey, maybe we'll return. Um, and it never yes. turns out. And I always think, man, I really like this album, but I never go back and listen, which tells me I clearly didn't. Yeah. Um, so I totally, <laughs> yeah. I feel that with you, too. And then I really did like Sugar. Um, it was different for sure. But I, without looking this up, I'm not sure, but didn't Black Sheets of Rain come out almost just like right before? I mean, it was like two, it was so close for Bob Mould, but they were so very different. Like right there, I mean, it seemed like they were within a year or two of each other. Yeah, and I think that's why I was so anticipating it just being a switch and having some similarities, but, you know, Black Sheets of Rain and that kind of stuff had, there was some angry and dark melancholy tones to that stuff and then Sugar... I mean, rightfully so, it was a little bit more poppy. I think maybe that was um, his, you know, his sampling of being a a more uh, readily available pop star kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And he's since come back and done some good stuff. I don't. I mean, you should check out some of his stuff under Bob Mould again. It's, he's, he's still good. It's just, you know, I'm older and in a different place. But yeah, and it's his great. was great, so. For sure. <clears throat> Makes me want to revisit it now, too. <clears throat> well, you can. I, yeah, I know. If only <laughs> I had an internet connection and some streaming services. <laughs> so, cool. You guys ready for, for my long-winded answer? I can't wait. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So, uh, my much like I said in the Vitalogy bit, you know, I worked at a couple of local record stores, uh, one of which was Karma, uh, right out of high school. And uh, one of the things that tended to happen we'd always get new release sheets and we would see what's coming in the forefront and uh we'd also get promotional posters uh you know most most of them we would actually hang up in the store uh some of them the manager's like no i don't have any interest in hanging this so hey score you got some decorations for your you know art in your house and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing but um i remember absolutely loving you know Soundgarden, you know bad motor finger and super unknown were just great albums and uh-huh. i kept seeing that you know the the newer album was getting ready to come out in 96 it was uh down on the upside and yeah. you know bought it as soon as i got it i didn't even listen to the promo copy i wanted to just grab it and put it in the car and go and i remember feeling like you know yes this is Soundgarden, but i think you know after they hit that climactic point with those last two albums that you could just start to see the the time for them to take a break. Um, that album certainly had, you know, again, sim- typical Soundgarden direction with uh, the overall feel, but it just didn't have the energy, and it just wasn't written uh, with the dynamic and, and those tunes that just drove home, like Fell on Black Days and Fourth of July and uh, things like that for me. So, you know, I, I left feeling very <laughs> disappointed uh, mm-hmm. After that, and you know, even after listening to it, you know, again recently, just to kind of, uh, you know, spark the uh, see if there's any spark left in it for me, I still kind of feel the same. It didn't really stand the test of time for me. While you know, I still will listen to it from the reminiscing aspect and uh, and enjoy it from for what it's worth. There, I, I definitely feel like the earlier efforts were more solid songwriting. 
Yeah, that's that's a good answer. I was into them pretty heavily too. And now that you mentioned that, that kind of completely skipped my radar. But that yeah, that was quite a difference between those first two, <clears throat> like hugely commercial success successes. Um, mm-hmm. But even going back to like you know, uh, loud love and things like that, it's just then there were some good songs on there. But I'm with you. That was that one actually just has completely left my mind until you said that. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I totally understand. And the other answer I had um, actually is a little left of uh, center from from the challenge, but it got me thinking about this time as well. Um, here's the question. Were both of you members of Columbia House or BMG? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and while while there was cool opportunity to stock up on a ton of albums for a penny, um, mm-hmm. and what you paid for shipping and handling, let alone the other single CDs that you <laughs> ordered at the time, really uh, paid for those 12 initial uh, you know, buy-in deals that you had. Yep. But I remember going through like Metal Maniacs and Thrasher magazines, or not Thrasher, but that's a skateboard magazine, but there was definitely some thrash metal-themed magazines and Metal Maniacs that had different artists in there that I would read about. Ooh, I got to check that out. Of course, circle it and put it in my little notepad catalog of things to <laughs> wait and see once it popped into Columbia House or BMG, and I would try to stock up on those. So you'd place your order, you'd wait, two to four weeks for it to show up finally gets there yes and you go pop it in and neither you you know were ecstatic with joy because it was a, a well invested buy or you left kicking the dirt because you got duped so right. um <laughs> i uh I, I definitely don't miss those days for the you know how much it of my allowance it took but yeah. you know that was certainly an adventure in, in the days of music that was hilarious that you mentioned that. <laughs> that was such a we all. I think we all did that, but that was it was so cool because you got twelve all at once, and then those ones had come that you wouldn't send back. Oh yeah, yeah. and I remember you know when when my mom got the bill because you know of course it had to be in her name. She was like, "Well, looks like you're doing a lot of chores for this order," uh, you know <laughs> stuff like that. But you know I certainly yeah. did, and and uh, you know I I still have a ton of CDs to to show for it. My <laughs> as silly as it may sound, one of my biggest beefs with BMG was they never had the official barcode on the labeling. It was always their little label where the barcode went. So oh. if you tried to go and sell it used, they wouldn't take it because it didn't have a barcode they could scan pretty smart yeah (laughs) so do you guys think uh i'm not trying to cut you off paul but when you're when we're talking about like soundgarden and things like that because the way music is recorded and released and consumed today do you think that had anything to do with some of these bands like okay well we need to get another album out you know like the the driving force at the time was the label more than anything, and of course they want to strike while the iron's hot. So hey, you just had a commercial album that, that did well, and we toured you. Now let's get you back in the studio. Do you think there's any like pressure and like forced writing going on at the time? Oh, I'm yeah. sure of it. I mean, I've never done it firsthand, of course, but I've I've read and heard stories from from people through the years, and and you know a lot of these labels will have. Uh, a deal where they have to do five albums or 10 albums uh, on that contract in order to uh, stay active with them and unless the band breaks up so if you know you want to go off to another label you can't under that that band name hence you know prince releasing that emancipation album he went to the symbol to kind Mm -hmm. of break loose from from his record deal and uh, you know i've seen 
basically there's i've seen some articles and stories from musicians talking about the fact that you know we got done with this tour they're like hey you know you did great we need to get you know 12 singles or 12 out tracks going and we want to get three real powerful singles and that's where the producer comes in and that's where you know he's kind of putting their feet to the fire to really churn out some great material and and the burnout comes in and the band fizzles out and then you don't see anything out of them after that too and plus I'm sure the personal dynamics of being on the road with these people and and how your relationships change after being, you know, a young, energetic and enthusiastic musician and uh, everybody, you know, kind of gets weathered on the road and, and handles it their own way and personalities change people you know kind of go break apart if you will and mm-hmm. and you know all of that plays a, a role i've got a friend that's in the industry and and he's made mention that you know he, while he loves his bandmates and things like that it was just time to kind of move on and try some new things he, he definitely felt that being creative and and doing something of his own accord was was so important to him that he felt like he had to uh say goodbye for now and i'm going to go focus on this so that way i can you know kind of regain my energy and and get that gratification so it makes sense you know if soundgarden kind of fizzled out after the the uh uh, super unknown album and it was time for them to take a break but they didn't you know that's we all hit those spots in our life where we have to kind of learn by going through it. Right. So, um, I know it's all speculation, but I can only imagine that it's a hustle and grind just like any other job. Oh, I would think too, that if you're, you know, you're coming up and you've got all this, you know, this backstory, this angst, this horrible life, whatever that you're getting off your chest and writing these, you know, beautiful, meaningful albums. So you start doing that. And the next thing, you know, that's not your life anymore. Your life now is, travel for 12 months and then go home and write an album well after a couple albums what do you what's your knowledge what are, what are you pulling from well, i was on the road for 12 sure. months i think you lose a little bit of that mm-hmm. seed that you were writing from before because that's not your life that's probably why all the comedians end up with airplane jokes you know because that's now what their life <laughs> is um, and right. then you're forced yeah. because you've got a five record deal well i've got two more albums i have to do what am i pulling from now Where's my inspiration? Maybe yeah. it's gone. Uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Lots yeah. of best of albums at that point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just enough to, to kind of, uh, the loophole to say you released X amount of albums and then you can cut ties and move on. Um, yeah. You know, I saw a meme talking about, you know, the touring life and things. Uh, I saw a meme the other day uh, from a touring musician. It said, uh, boy, you, you tour across the country. That's got to be awesome, all that sightseeing. And it showed a picture of, like, a pilot gas station, McDonald's <laughs> sign, Walmart, truck stop, <laughs> you know, that type of stuff. Because that's <laughs> typically what you get to endure, except for the uh, the club and we are ready to play. So, yeah. I can't imagine that it's glamorous after a certain point at all. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, you could pay me to find out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tour. Hey, you know, um, this is going to be interesting, guys. We just did our albums that were, you know, less than exciting for us. And so when we do our mm-hmm. show notes, are we going to be putting in there the three albums that we didn't like? Or are we going to. Here's a real stinker. <laughs> Check this one <laughs> Check out. We out. hated it. <laughs> I think it's worth it just for the fact that if somebody wants to listen to it and, and chime in with their opinion, they they may have something that they really loved about it. And if there's anything that they would like to add, please feel free to, to comment or get in touch with us. We would love to hear you know what your thoughts on, on the matter. 
True. All right, we just voted. We're yeah. doing it. Okay. All right. Anybody want to put a bow on this, or was that the bow? I think that was that the bow. It. <laughs> it was an ugly bow, but it's on there. Well, we're three guys. We don't do well with bows. Okay. <laughs> it's time to review. So we want to start with Twenty One Pilots or Tom Morello. Let's go with Twenty One Pilots. Cool. I'm cool with that. Yeah, me too. I'm super stoked. How do you guys want to start it off? Paul, you want to since we did the challenge first? Sure, sure, that's fine. Um, yeah, so I, I gave it a listen, and I've not really dug deep into 21 Pilots. You hear that a lot from me. I uh-huh. kind of stay in my own little cubby hole and listen to what I listen to, right? But, uh-huh. um, you know, it, it gave me a pretty good first impression, to be honest with you. Uh, the opening track, Jumpsuit, had, had a killer opening riff. <clears throat> Excuse me, it was definitely gritty and heavy, and, and I really liked the vibe. Uh-huh. And uh, I felt like the album had a lot of variety. Uh, you know, it seemed like there was some hip hop and a little bit of funk element in there. Um, there's also just some cool contrasts from a technical and production standpoint, which I will definitely get into. Uh, like My Blood had <laughs> some really deep reverbs and gritty bass lines and just good textures, nice contrast that uh, served the songs well. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, the, the drums were definitely really. Um, thick and, and punchy there was a lot of impact there um and i felt like there was one song called i think it was neon gravestones I'm trying mm-hmm. to read my hand That's an amazing here. song uh it, it, yeah they had some cool break beats and real rich piano in there and it, i felt like the album just stayed pretty consistent and then towards the end of, of the album uh those first handful of tracks definitely were were the winners and it just kind of slowed down and wound down to the end so it was kind of calm and relaxing by the time you were you were done with it but uh i overall it was a very enjoyable listen i i didn't find myself disappointed i was uh so oh go ahead well i i when i heard that i was a 21 pilots fan so when Paul said, let's do that one, I thought, okay, great. You know, I'm just thinking it's just a little, <laughs> you know, two guys who get all the girls after him, you know, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I listened to it the first time and it was all right, you know. And then um, I was talking to uh, Metalhead Monday and uh, he kind of felt the same way. And uh, this was, gave me a little bit of time, you know, to go back in and dig into it a little bit. And I thought, you know, we always talk about lyrics. So yeah, maybe the song sounds okay. What are we doing lyrically and all that? So I started digging in a little bit. And holy crap, is there like a mountain of stuff that went into this album? They started produ- like, I think it was last March or something on the internet, they were posting things. So uh, the first thing, I'm trying to think, I think they added it to the end of a current video and it took you to a website. And so when you would go to the website, it gave. Uh, like a 404 error. It said, you are in violation. They mustn't know you were here. No one should ever find out about this. You can never tell anyone about this. For the sake of the others, survival, you must keep this silent. And it had a violation code at the bottom. Well, if you put all that information together, and then you went to this new site that used the violation code, there's a letter from a character named Clancy. Okay, and so he's in this place, mm-hmm. this world that they've created. And he's trying to get out. And so there are people out there. was, I guess, an, an entire Reddit thread where people were trying to put these clues together. And there were snippets of video. It's like, you know me, guys, in my Rush uh, concept album <laughs> craze, this is the concept yeah. of concept albums, all about mental illness. Um, and it's so clever. Um, I'm not even done going through it. I just... 
I've dug in, started doing the research, went through the went back to the songs after kind of getting this idea of this character Clancy who's trying to escape from this place, and these uh, mm-hmm. nine bishops, you know, who he's trying to avoid or to escape from. Um, <clears throat> and then I went back and found some uh, mentions from one of the band members, Tyler, who apparently has struggled with mental illness about what this city called Dima, D-E-M-A, means. It's a, I guess, according mm-hmm. to him, it's a symbol for a mental state where life has no spiritual meaning. Um, it's only mm-hmm. about math and science and um, fame is the goal, and he's trying to escape this place. And so um, when you kind of look at those songs through that lens, it changes a lot. And Paul, you mentioned Neon Gravestones. Mm-hmm. I love, there's some lines at the end of that, because... Um, some of what he talks about is how we glorify suicide and mental illness. And so the mm-hmm. lines are, I'm not disrespecting what was left behind, just pleading that it does not get glorified. Maybe we swap out what it was that was that we hold so high. Find your grandparents or someone of age. Pay some respects for the path that they paved to life. They were dedicated. Now that should be celebrated. Wow. I thought that was so cool. Um and uh, yeah, the songs Jumpsuit, Nico and the Niners, and Levitate are the three videos they have out. And that's kind of like a trilogy um, that puts this story together. So I'll leave it at that for now. I may pop back in in a bit, but um, I'm just digging into it. But that really made that whole album for me. Yeah, this is interesting because I um, I didn't know any of that. So I kind of pride myself sometimes on digging around on the internet, but... I think I approached it the same way, kind of like, all right, 21 Pilots, let's load it up and let's listen to it. And you know, I read the lyrics, I listened to every song, and there was, but what's funny is I said, in my in my own notes, I said, I think there's a concept here, because I saw some like callbacks, you know, on certain things, and, um, and then there just seemed to be sometimes that there was a story being told that seemed like it was connected to another song. So I had no idea about any of that stuff. I'm not patting myself on the back, because I ended up thinking, well, this isn't connected at all. Um... And I had, I actually, Neon Gravestones was one of those ones that uh, I said, I like the slower paced music with the piano intro, but this is not a significant track to me. (laughs) So (laughs) um, that was just, you know, me listening to it for what it was. So I think there's something with that, putting all that art behind it too and understanding. I read something uh, not too long ago about, you know, there's there's a real difference between knowing and understanding, you know, you know, your car needs a carburetor. You might not understand why, but you know it. And so, you know, I know I know what these songs are, but I don't know that I fully understood them. So I'm definitely going to go back and check out that thread. And, you know, you, you mentioned Rush, so I've got to mention Nine Inch Nails. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they did the Year Zero thing in a similar fashion with a big story and an online thing and that bled into the real world and all this kind of stuff. So I, I was very thrilled when that came out. So I'd love to see how this one's being done. Um, as far as the album review goes, like Levitate, I really liked it opening up with Jumpsuit. Levitate ended up being one of my favorite tracks, and I really liked Leave the City, um, how it ended. Uh, I, I loved the piano. I liked the vocal treatment, the emotion, and I felt like that's the first time that they, correct me if I'm wrong, but they really had a really intentional, more complicated rhyme scheme going on with the lyrics. So from a technical aspect, um, I really liked that one. Um but I gave it upon first listen. Well, I'm not on per- upon first listen without knowing what you guys just told me. I gave it a three out of five. But I'm going to go back 
And on the next episode, I'm not going to get into it, but I'm going to see if my rating still stays at three because I'm super interested in that. Yeah. Very cool. <clears throat> this was kind of an interesting thought. The uh, jumpsuit being mm-hmm. a reference to Ephesians um, and to the jumpsuit being like God's armor from hmm. the Bible. So kind of a cool parallel, okay. I thought, especially with him mentioning that this is kind of this godless place they're trying to escape from. I don't know if there's too much reading into that, but I still thought it was pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I took, and I was trying to figure out if jumpsuit was something like almost like prison attire type jumpsuit or if it was jumpsuit like from a plane, you know, when I was first kind of like listening to it. So now a third option is there. And it's yellow. Yes. Um, So like the sun and. Right. um, Apparently the bishops cannot see color. Oh. See this? Yeah, so, I, I definitely got to give this the right amount of time. So I'll be back to it. Cool. So, Foggy, what was your initial uh, rating on this? Uh, it probably was very similar to uh, what Teabag said. I I wasn't, just because I it wasn't a group that I really followed or liked that much. Um, and I didn't, I guess without really knowing the lyrics, I didn't feel like there was as much depth as there is. So I was probably in that three range as well. Clearly now it's it's much higher. Um, just the thought process that goes into doing something like that is just, it's something I want to do and I'm just not smart enough to do it. So (laughs) got to give them kudos for that. Yeah, definitely. You know, and when I went into listening to it, I, I had no idea. I didn't dig that deep. I just saw it was new and, and popped it on while I was working. And, um, from the production standpoint and just overall listening to, um, the energy of the album. That's kind of the perspective I took on it. I, I gave it a four. Um, you know, I'm going to definitely dig into it too. I think my rating will probably stay the same just uh, because I'm giving it a high rating, but I'm I'm definitely impressed with, you know, that content you found. I think there's uh, a lot of merit behind, you know, telling a deeper story than just writing some songs and putting them out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and I think it clearly comes from the heart. I mean, you know, clearly this is something he struggled with. Um, and I think in Jumpsuit it mentions, I think, cryptically so, you know, dealing with fame now um, is a new thing uh-huh. for them. So um, I like that aspect when it's so real like that. And that takes yeah. me to a point um, where, you know, of course, this information was there. All I had to do was seek it out, but I didn't, right? And I feel like for me... There's a certain level of complete saturation being on online anymore, be it you're looking for music or getting distracted by, you know, something that catches your eye on social media. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I'm, I've got a, a focused list of things I want to look at. And then somebody says something and what's that? And then you get down a rabbit hole and you completely forgot what you were looking for. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, that said, it, it's easy to lose out on the opportunity to kind of read the deeper story so the question becomes yeah. is music more face value and and you know kind of in the pop realm where we don't uh necessarily see a deeper story just it's just songs that are churned out or are there still these deep you know musical concepts happening but we just miss the boat on them because of all the extra content that gets in a way of being able to dig deeper yeah i mean obviously i think there's you know, an infinitely amount of more of more distractions out there. Um, mm-hmm. And we've gotten older, so we've got other responsibilities. But 
one thing though, regardless, I think that's cool is whether it's, we didn't seek it out and it was there, or if you jump back 20 years or whatever, the cool thing I think about music in general, but art especially is that the people that are the diehard fans that are the ones that invest the time and all that stuff. And, and the artist gives them an opportunity to have something to kind of hold dear, you know, mm-hmm. that puts people like us on the outside, you know, we're throwing like threes out at it and talking in general about it. And then there's these diehard fans that have something much more than we have. And I love, I love that that happens. I remember being on the other side of that when you would like something and you know, your parents wouldn't get it or somebody else would, some classmates wouldn't get it or whatever. It was yours and you dug a lot deeper and, and you could understand that, well, you just don't get it. And it, and that was, that was a fine enough answer because they didn't just, they didn't get it. They weren't digging into it and they may not, you know, connect with it like we did. So yeah. For the 21 Pilots fans, I mean, kudos for them for giving them something so special. Yeah, totally. Well, I <clears throat> I think, too, we're so saturated all the time that everything we do is for the most, well, unless it's something you truly love, is pretty superficial. Yeah. The only reason I found that is because I went in and looked up some lyrics uh-huh. so I could get in a little bit further. Back in the day when you bought an album... That was probably the only album you were getting for a while. True. So what'd you do? You sat around and you put, put out your little book and you looked at those lyrics and you read them as you listened and you got this deep understanding of the music. Nowadays, all we do is go on to Spotify or Apple Music and go through song after song <laughs> after song. You know, it's great. We love it. But I just don't think we get that depth on a regular basis like mm-hmm. we used to. That's a great point. I mean, all the way back to you know, one of our episodes talking about album covers. I mean can't imagine being coming up right now and saying what my favorite thumbnail is, you know? Yeah. It just falls to the wayside. But like you said, you just spend, you spend a lot more time with it and maybe that's just what it takes. Even in the busiest of worlds is to still stop what you're doing and spend some time with it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Paul, last word on 21. Yeah. um, I'd say give it a chance. I was really impressed. And if there are any diehard 21 pilots fans that come across this podcast, we would love your feedback on uh, maybe the experience up to this point. Uh, You know, there's, I'm sure there's things we're missing out on, you know, as far as not having that deep connection with it, but uh, definitely would love some perspective. Uh, I was again, just really impressed. Yeah. I think I'm going to try to follow a little bit more online because in one of the things I came across is that this isn't the last place he's going. So it it seems that once he escapes Dima, there will be a final location. And he, I don't think personally, has reached it yet. But I can imagine when he does, the clues will come out. and It'll be fun to try to follow that. So I may try to follow him on social media and just keep up a little bit. Very cool. Cool. All right, fellas. That brings us to Tom Morello's new one. So, uh, Tony? You want to kick us off with Tom Morello? Yeah. Um, I was really excited about this one because <laughs> he, uh, I don't know. I just, I mean, I, my my first thing was I was able to look through and see who he was kind of bringing on board. And there were some really good names on there and I was really interested. Now, I will say the first track I heard, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, uh-oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this <laughs> or not. But um, as I went... Was it Battle Sirens? It might have been. No, 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 because it had <clears throat> lyrics. Battle Sirens, I think, is instrumental. Okay. But, um, it uh, is, yeah. And, I, and then I ended up seeing a live version, which helped help make it even better for me. But um, but all in all, without going through every 
every track. There was definite highlights overall. I mean, I'll just go ahead and throw my rating out there. It was like this close to a four. It was like 3.75 for me. Um, because I felt like there was times where it was doing what it was supposed to do, which was showing off his guitar. There was times where it fell to the background and there was the right person on the right track. Uh, there was times where I felt like it missed, um, What's funny is uh, the song How Long, my first note was like, how long is this damn intro? Because <laughs> the song took forever. It did end up being my favorite song. Like I gave that one a 4.5 on the album. Um, that was a great track. And then uh, like, uh, I'm trying to find, uh, oh, on Roadrunner. This is this is where it kind of is weird for me because like, I'm not sure who sang on, on Roadrunner, but it almost had like a female Zach feel to it. And it, it was like kind of nostalgic and it was, it was really good, but I'm a lyrics guy and it was so like a high school poem for me being sung. <laughs> so that was my lowest rating on it was a 2.5 on that one. Um, but all in all, I mean, I think, like I said, without going through every track, there were times where the guitar was great. The lyrics were decent. The lyrics are great. The music was decent and there was times where it really hit, but it all averaged out to be almost a four for me. What about you, Foggy? Well, uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. I, for me, I wanted more of the guitar, and I know that's selfish because he too is evolving. <laughs> um, but that's what I love about him. That's what his signature is. You know, I don't go to the Colts game to watch Andrew Luck play linebacker. <laughs> I want him throwing the football. Yeah. So same thing here. I want, uh, I want him killing it on guitar. And there were a few few cases of that where it was good. For me, the highlights were. Battle Sirens, I thought was a nice way to kick off the album. Mm-hmm. Good instrumental. I really dug uh, Vigilante Nocturno. thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I really liked uh, Lucky One featuring Kay Flay. T-Bags, uh, what's the first name on that one? Kay Flay? Yep. Yes. What about it? Exactly. I didn't know what her first name was. I didn't look it up. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I've only, anyway, I've only known her as Kay Flay. We'll come back to that later, but... She's got kind of a mesmerizing voice. I thought that was really nice on that song. Yeah. So those three were probably my favorites. Um, and it was just kind of a weird thing. And maybe I made too much out of it. You guys tell me if I'm being a dick or whatever. But <laughs> so we all know, you know, Morello's really smart. You yeah. know, went to Harvard, poli sci. So when he talks about social injustice, you know, it's probably coming from a place um, of, of good knowledge, I would assume. You know, yes. he wasn't. It wasn't Zach De La Roca doing it all in, in Rage. You know, he was there with the thought behind it, too, and, and the writing. It was just weird in, um, oh, uh, what was the name of the song? Uh, we Don't Need You. And it, it was a pretty heady song. They talked about the board versus Brown, uh, or Brown versus Board of Education. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was a pretty good, I felt like most of the way through, it was making some good points about societal ills. And then it breaks out, your daughter on my dick. <laughs> and I thought... We're making this, you know, really strong point, and then we throw in a line like that, demeaning women, almost like taking us back to the days when, as Chuck D said, you know, it went from uh, that kind of music was the CNN um, of the hip-hop world to Cartoon Network um, when it all became about drugs and women and cars and all that. I don't think it went quite that far, but it just sort of, to me, just seemed out of place. Mm Mm-hmm in that song and sort of demeaning, especially in a time like now when, um, you know, the women's movement's so strong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm taking it too far, but you guys will let me know. So, and my rating, by the way, not as high as Tony's, it was more of a pie rating. A pie. 
<laughs> That's 3.14. Something. A bunch more numbers. Yeah. See what you did right. there. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry rhubarb. Yeah, talking? That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Paul? Uh, <clears throat> I had a hard time with this one. I'm not going to lie. Tom Morello is one of my guitar heroes. You know, the, the riffs he uh-huh. creates are solid grooves. Um, for those who play guitar, the octave pedal is one of my go-to weapons because of him. It adds a little extra grit and dirt to the riff, especially if you don't have a bass player and you want to jam with the drummer. He just thickens your sound, and it's, it's fun to create a big wall by yourself. But um, I, I was hoping for more of him through the, the songs. I just felt like you know he kind of kicked off a lot of songs with an opening riff, and then the guests would kind of take over and, and the electronic production would come into play. As much as I love electronic music, um, here comes that word fuddy-duddy again. But, you know, I, <laughs> I am a bit of a curmudgeon when it comes to, um, you know, some styles of electronic music. I, I, I don't like the air horn, um, you know, and some of that style of production. I feel like uh, I hear a lot of the similar elements and and there's a lot of repetition between artists using those elements in order to uh, foster that attention and 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 be in the forefront but um yeah i mean there's some good songs on there don't get me wrong i i definitely mm-hmm. liked uh rabbit's revenge i thought that was kind of cool uh you know i do like bass nectar i think he does some interesting stuff how long, yeah. you know, much like you said, Tony, it was definitely quite an intro, uh, but uh-huh. it, it turned out to be, you know, one of the stronger cuts for me as well. Um, Pretty Lights, I was really impressed to see that he was on there. I remember uh, hearing his name through some friends that found him on the internet, just kind of doing his own grassroots uh, uprising with playing his sets and playing Red Rocks and things like that. So, you know, that's cool uh-huh. that, you know, he's made it to uh, Tom Morello's attention and, and being involved with the collaboration. Uh, Lead Poisoning was a track that I really liked too, but I'm also, you know, a big fan of uh, Jizza and Rizza as well. So, um, yes. yeah, you know, uh, overall, I, I was, I, I had high expectations, much like my challenge, and uh, yeah. I, it fell short for me. But um, I will listen to it a couple more times and see if anything changes for me. But I'm I'm gonna go below the pie and, and get to the crust and just give it a three. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, what do you guys think about find another way? That was one I meant to ask you guys about. I think that's the one with Mumford on it. Somebody. Oh, Marcus Mumford. Yes. You know, I'll have to go back and listen to it because I don't remember it uh, leaving an impression. Mm-hmm. Honestly. It, well, to me, uh, I'm just looking at my notes, and I, I was saying, wow, I didn't think this combination would work, but it works well in my opinion. Love the vocals, and the guitar solos reminds me of Audio Slave. So it's kind of a kind of sat in a really good pocket for me on that one. Cool. I'll, I'll give it another listen. You know, and that, maybe it's just me being grumpy and yelling, "Get off my lawn!" But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes that happens when when you uh, have high expectations, and you're just like, "Oh, this isn't working out at all." Uh, yeah, I know. I get it. I do. Paul, your your connection cut out, but my the start of my review was very similar to cool. yours. <laughs> yeah, and I've listened to it probably seven or eight times. Yeah, straight through. So, um, I just don't feel like it's going to grow on me any more than it has. I got you. Yeah, I, I give. I've given it a couple listens. I just feel like I I need to give it a few more to really, you know, gather a a, a better formulated opinion. But my overall impression, uh, right now is, like I said, was really hoping to hear a little more epic Tom Morello. But 
it, it didn't do that. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. You know, and, and, and feel free to, you know, berate me for, for my, uh, you know, high expectations of an artist to do what they want to do when we've already argued, hey, you know, artists can do what they want, but, uh, you know. <laughs> we don't have to like it. I, I'm okay. guilty. Yep. I, yeah. I think a, something we should add to our ratings, and I've been thinking about this quite a bit, we're giving them numbers, but we should do something with the likelihood that we would return and listen to that album good point. after having had to listen to it for a review. Yeah. And for me, because like, I am a playlist guy, sometimes it'll be like, okay, that I'll drag it immediately into a playlist in Spotify for something that I know I'm going to work to, and it'll be I'll listen to it for the next two months straight, you know. So it might not even be the whole album, but so I think there may be two ratings there as far as like returning to it versus like, you know, how many how many pull out things can we get from it too? True, because it's hard to listen to a whole album for me right now. I try to do it when I'm like working outside or you know doing a project or something. Or sometimes I'll put it on at school while I'm working. Yeah, if I went outside, I would do that too. You've seen it once though, right? I did, on my screen. It looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely cool right now. Yeah. Hey, you know, originally before I um, looked up the lyrics and, um, and and dug into what 21 Pilots was about, mm-hmm. my review was going to be, this is probably the best album we're going to review all year, but I will never listen to it again because I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> when did that change? Yeah. That's cool though that it changes. I like that, and I and like Paul said, I would love to have. Hopefully, we can put some hashtags and get some Twenty One Pilot fans to weigh in because I love being schooled on this kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And you yeah. know, much like when we were in high school and we were trading cassettes to borrow and things like that, somebody would turn you on to new music. They would certainly give you their elevator pitch on why this band is so fantastic, and you would do the same, yeah. right? So, you know, we'd love yeah. to see that kind of uh, dialogue in our community as well. Absolutely, for sure. All right, fellas, you ready for the new challenge? Yes, sir. Yes. Is it my challenge this week? Yes. It is. <laughs> I hope you have it because it's time. <laughs> I, I have two. I'm going to let you guys vote. Man. Great. Because I was sure I was going with one, and then I thought, no, that's just playing to myself. So I'm just going to open it up. Okay, so here are your choices. You ready? Yes. Favorite soundtrack or favorite concept album? Ooh. I'm going to go with soundtrack. Damn it, I was going with <laughs> concept. <laughs> We come from two different places. Yeah, but you know what? I I like uh, a good challenge. Originally, I was going to do concept, and then I thought I maybe switch it up just because we've talked about I've talked about it so much recently. Um, let's just do soundtrack. Okay, good with that. Not really, but yeah. Tony, you wrote, <laughs> rewrote the rules last time. <laughs> I know. Tony's so mad he's going to go outside. <laughs> yeah, I almost did. Uh, no, that's good. That's good. Uh, soundtracks All are right. soundtracks are great. It's just it's like anything else with this stuff. I think these challenges are hard just because there's we've got a lot of years under our belt as far as listening to music, mm-hmm. and there's just more and more and more coming out there, and we keep listening, and and we all like movies, so gosh, it's gonna be tough. But yeah, we can do it. Yes, we can. Um, Paul, yes, sir, JPP, listen to anything new this week? I did. Um, this one squeaked past me, and I was really surprised, but. Uh, there's an artist I found on the internet a little while back. Um, I'll give you a little backstory. There was a video that was circulating on Facebook of a band called Knower, K-N-O-W-E-R. Okay. And it was a group of musicians. They're in a house, just kind of planted in a hallway and where they could fit. Looks like they were upstairs and just kind of squeezed in between the bedrooms and, and whatnot. And uh, somebody filmed them performing this song live and... 
was fantastic. Great bass player, keyboard player, had some cool chops. Singer, she was incredible. And there was a saxophone player and then this drummer. And they, they popped the drummer's name up in the middle of the song. His name was Lewis Cole. And uh, yeah, I did some research on him back then and found out that it was him and the singer. Her name escapes me right now. Um, I'll have to look it up. But uh, I think it's Genevieve. But fantastic. They wrote a whole slew of songs. Um, you know, and many of them are not kid-friendly. I'll leave it at that. But they're catchy. They're fun. Uh, he's a great keyboard player, and he's a fantastic drummer, too. And just solid grooves, kind of some jazz funk soul things going on with it, too. But uh, their their hooks are, are great, and many of the tunes are hilarious. Well, uh, in August, he released a solo album called Time. And I'd seen some videos and hadn't seen this album come out yet. But uh, some standout tracks are Weird Part of the Night. Great song. It's got a great little groove. And he's talking about when you're up late and that's when you're most creative. And just how your brain goes crazy when you're up late and being productive and, and that kind of stuff. And then... Uh, there's another song on there called Tunnels in the Air, which Thundercat is on. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard him at all, but fantastic bass player on uh, one of his albums. He's actually got Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins singing along with him. It's tasty and uh, certainly a guilty pleasure. So I ended up in that rabbit hole uh, listening to those artists and i'll put them in the show notes i highly recommend it it's it's a good time and then it also kind of put me in uh a nostalgic mood too just kind of hearing some of the the lush string arrangements and stuff like that so i ended up popping in uh, moby's play album as well okay yeah uh, i always like listening to kind of the stuff that we put in there so those, i can't wait to hear what you're playing there yeah, definitely. And if you get a chance to look up the video for Weird Part of the Night, that is, it's hilarious. It's, you know, him and, and a couple of girls are kind of dancing in the middle of the night, and, and uh, he's got a little microphone, and it looks like he's a showman, and they just keep cutting him into different scenes. He's in a grocery store, he's in the parking lot doing a crazy dance, and um, it's it's hysterical, and, and it, I definitely was pulled in and, and wanted to hear more. Awesome. Froggy, what are you listening to? Well, since you asked... <laughs> I found this little-known band. I think they're called the Beatles. Oh, interesting. I lie. I, I don't like the Beatles. I don't either. That'll be our first piece of hate mail. I don't like the Beatles, and everybody always yells and screams at me because apparently you, you have to. <laughs> I recognize their greatness and their place, but I just don't like the music. So um, this week I absolutely listened to nothing else. <laughs> it was just 21 Pilots and Tom Morello over and over, so... Um, I don't have anything to add. That's so lame. But that's the way it is. Okay, that's all right. Uh, maybe you can add something later on social media just as you get to listening to other things this week. Um, for me, I kind of was back and forth between some different... I listen for depending on my mood. So um, I went into... I started off with like just different kind of like melancholy stuff. That's kind of the theme. But uh, Ani DeFranco has a song called Grey, and she's very poetic and... Um, yeah. So there's a line in that song that says, uh, as bad as I am, I'm proud of the fact that I'm worse than I seem. And I've always kind of loved that <laughs> that line. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Ani DeFranco, Gray. But then it kind of moved me into, anytime I listen to some sad music, I almost have to listen to some mad music to kind of get myself out of that funk and then eventually, hopefully, see some sunshine somewhere. But um, So Sacrifice by Bob Bold, since we were talking about all these different albums. I went back and listened to some stuff, but Sacrifice, Let There Be Peace. That's a great song. And uh, 
Yes. I'm picking out some some lines from that one, but I like when he says, uh, "If you're planning a future of indefinite grace, you better start removing the lines of deceit from your face." Wow, that's a great one. And then um, ending that with a nice happy one, "The Great Destroyer" by Nine Inch Nails, um, okay. and I love that one. Lyrics. I love the lyrics as well, but I love that it just goes into essentially a noise solo. And so it's it, uh, kind of reflects the chaos that sometimes, you know, when you're kind of kind of hyped up and, and mad, that's what that's what it sounds like in my head. So it's good to hear it through the speakers. That's what I got. Right on. I think I have a plan for next week. What I'm going to do is just write down what you guys say. And then next week I'm going to be like, uh, there's this group called Knower. You guys are going to love them. And uh, Bob Mould's got this great song called Sacrifice. What? That's what I listen to. <laughs> I looked up Kay Flay, Stevie. Yes. Her name's Catherine Meredith Flaherty. Catherine Flaherty. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, she's got a great voice, and I will have to go back and find that email you sent me eons ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Apparently I missed. I'll, I'll have to post that video because that was her building a song, and I loved that. But then there's another video recently uh, of her, of one of, a song's off of one of her own albums, and it's got a very, like, kind of dark vibe to it the video itself was pretty cool so we'll make sure we put that in the links as well fantastic very cool and while you were chatting i did a quick search on nowhere yet yeah, lewis cole and yeah it's genevieve artati that's the vocalist's name she's got a fantastic voice okay okay i love Thanks. female vocals where did you find were you on um youtube or uh, apple what were you on oh as far as to listen to them they are all over they're they're on uh, apple music they're on youtube okay. um spotify and, and Bandcamp for that matter Speaking of being Excellent. all over, where are we at, Paul? <laughs> Since you're you're putting us up all over the place. Well, if you want to find us on Castbox for Android devices, you can find us there uh, under Wanderings and Wool Gathering. We are on SoundCloud for those who like to stream there, iTunes, uh, YouTube, and on Facebook now. Sweet, I'll have to go check us out. Yeah, kind of feels like that uh, Rob Schneider SNL sketch. Getting social, socializing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tea bags. Where can we find you? Uh, I'm still just on the email thing right now. So tea bags, T B A G S at wandering and we'll get wandering to wogathering dot com. Yeah, a while back he mentioned carrier pigeons, but he's eaten them all, and I just don't have the budget to continue that. So, well, that's sad because yeah. <laughs> I've grown to have a taste for those. <laughs> and apparently, one place you will not find tea bags is outdoors so <laughs> do not look for him he is a hermit True. and you can find me at breakthefourth.com writing and editing you can find me on twitter and instagram i am foggy's pal and uh, hopefully i'll be uh tweeting some of these uh examples of these songs and uh albums that we've talked about this week so if you guys follow me there you can pick up those um performances um on twitter so that's where I am certainly most active. Sweet. Sounds good. And I forgot to shout out, sorry. Uh, if you look for Just Plain Paul, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook under JPP Invasion. Yes. Highly recommend Paul every week. So check him out. Fantastic. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this week. Come back next week and we will be talking about soundtracks and we will select another album to review who knows what it will be hopefully midweek i will post on twitter and um at wanderings and wool gathering on uh, facebook what that album will be so hope you guys had a good time tonight we'll see you next week hey peeps the wanderings and wool gathering podcast is now on itunes give us a review and rating there we would love your feedback on the show also if you're on facebook 
You can find us at Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Please like, comment, and share the content with your friends. And on YouTube, you can hit that subscribe button, like, and comment as well. We would love your feedback in regards to the topics we cover in the show, including your own suggestions for review. There's lots of music out there, and we would love to talk about it. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next week.